0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding National Liberal Arts College. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 10th edition of the 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year, we'll hear about an upcoming symposium on medieval Japan that will be hosted right here at Mammoth College. We'll continue to hear about what some of the Mammoth College students did during their summer break. Senior cache Appleton will talk about her internship at the Smithsonian Institution. We'll also meet some Mammoth alumni who were back on campus last weekend during homecoming 2019 festivities. And they also showed off some of their great artwork. And campus chaplain Terry Ott will tell us some exciting news that the Lux Summer Theological Institute for Youth recently received. This Saturday afternoon, Monmouth College history professor Michelle Damien will be one of three national scholars who will be featured at a campus symposium on Medieval Japan titled Travel, Trade, and Trauma in Medieval Japan. The symposium will be held at two o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, September 26 in the Barnes Electronic Classroom, which is on the basement floor of the Hughes Library. The symposium is free and open to the public, and as Michelle notes, it promises to offer a fascinating look into a part of Japan that doesn't get a lot of attention. She says the idea for the symposium came about because of her conversations with other Asian studies scholars in the Midwest.
1: This was a pretty serendipitous meeting. Uh, one of the people who are coming, who's coming is Peter Shepinski, uh who teaches at uh, Springfield. And I've known him for quite a long time. He also does uh, maritime Japanese studies. Um, so we've been colleagues for a while. And then about a year ago, I met uh, Dr. Kendra Strand, who is at University of Iowa at several different conferences. And it turns out that she works on travel writing. And we were all together at this past March, the conference, the Association of Asian Studies conference, and got to talking with them and realizing some of the classes that were being taught on campus this fall, thought it would be a really good mix of the travel writing, the maritime studies, the Japan connection that worked very well with the classes that are going on right now for introduction to Asian studies, um, my maritime archaeology class, and Kasia Parzinska's um, on Orientalism class, which is talking about travel writing as well. So I thought that we could bring, that I could bring these speakers in and incorporate these classes and have a nice kind of meeting.
0: The symposium has also created a lot of opportunities for Monmouth students to be involved with research and scholarship. That's something that isn't always afforded to college students around the country.
1: Because we really wanted to involve the students as well. So all of the classes are, of course, required to to attend on Saturday, but we're also having student commenters um, read through the papers. The papers are being circulated in advance. Um, And then so each presenter will have about 15 minutes or so to present our research, and then we'll have a student comment on those papers and those presentations. So um, uh, again, the honor orientalism class, one of those students will be, uh, Frida Gonzalez will be commenting on Kendra Strand's paper on travel writing. Um, Emma Hildebrand from my maritime archaeology class will be commenting on Peter Schepinski's work on 15th, 16th century ma- maritime maps. And then Will Stefanison from uh, Robert Hank's Asian Studies class is going to be commenting on my work on uh, maritime shipping trade in, in uh, the 14th, 15th centuries.
0: And even if you aren't familiar with Asian studies or any of the topics being discussed at Saturday's symposium, Michelle says the day promises to be a very interesting and enlightening one.
1: I mean, one of the things that we like to say in in maritime studies is that a lot of time the sea is viewed as a boundary, but it's really a connector. And I think a lot of the, our papers should be showing that. It's a pretty unusual opportunity to be able to have this kind of conference at a place like Monmouth. Um, it is fairly specialized, but I think that's one of the things that makes it interesting. Um, and again, you know, travel, trade, violence, these are things that uh, everybody can grab onto, even if you don't have a whole lot of background in Japan. So the, the conference is, is free, open to the public. Uh, we'd love to have. Uh, anybody who's interested, come and attend.
0: That's Monmouth history professor Michelle Damien. She will be one of three national scholars who will be featured at a campus symposium called Travel, Trade, and Trauma in Medieval Japan. It will be held this Saturday, October 26 on campus, and to read more about it, you can check out the front page of the Monmouth College website, mammothcollege.edu. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Senior Keshe Appleton was another Monmouth College senior who had a very interesting summer internship. The History and Classics double major from Chicago spent nine weeks working in the Smithsonian Institute's National Museum of African Art. She was one of just 14 summer conservation interns who were selected to work at the Smithsonian's 18 museums.
2: I worked in the conservation lab, and so their main part of the of their job is working to restore the integrity of objects. So I worked on repairing objects, doing some art installation, as well as like cleaning objects as well. Um, but I feel like the most thing I learned is that Every object is different. Every object deserves the same amount of care, but should be done differently. So what we do for, for metals, we obviously do not do to paper because they're very different. And just how to handle objects in different ways that if you don't have like the means of the Smithsonian, because obviously they have a lot of money, but there are still different things you could do to um, preserve your artifact.
0: Cache is a couple classes she took early on in her Mammoth career got her interested. In pursuing museum studies
2: archives freshman year and I took archaeology lab my sophomore year and it just got me interested in like working with objects and so I got an internship not internship but like work study through the archives and so I just liked what I was doing it was fun so then it just made me interested in museum studies and using like primary source material in my research as well because I did a re- summer at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln doing research um, my junior year. And so then this this winter when I was looking up internships, I was like, why not do a museum studies
0: internship? And Cache says her interest in history also evolved thanks as well to her Monmouth classes.
2: Uh, yeah, I came to college with an uh, interest in history, but it was very European-based. And then taking classes with um, Professor DeFarius and um, Professor Damien just got me really interested in, like, minority history or, like, non-European history. So I guess Monmouth just, like, reincited and set a fuel for more
0: history. Cashay will attend graduate school after she graduates from Mammoth next spring, and she hopes that will lead to a career in academia or beyond.
2: Um, well, I want to be a professor, but, like, the end goal would be, like, director of a museum. I don't know. I have a lot of plans.
0: That's Monmouth College senior Cashay Appleton, she was an intern last summer at the Smithsonian Institute, and you can read more about her summer at the Smithsonian Institute in the news section of the college's website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu news. Before we get into the second half of this week's edition, a reminder that you can follow Mammoth College on Twitter, and you can find Mammoth College on Twitter at mammoth.com. You can also follow Mammoth College Athletics on Twitter, and you can do that at MC Fighting Scots. And for all of Mammoth College's social media accounts, just check out the bottom of the college's homepage, and that address is mammothcollege.edu. You're listening to the Mammoth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Mammoth College Office of Communications and Marketing. If you stop by the Len G. Everett Gallery, which is in Hughes Library, then you've seen recently a great exhibit by four young Mammoth alumni. Titled Mammoth to MFA, the exhibit features pieces by recent Mammoth graduates who went on to either earn a master's degree in fine arts or in the process of earning one. The four artists returned to campus during Homecoming last weekend and I caught up with them to learn what they've been doing since they left campus and hear a little bit about their outstanding artwork and where you can see more of it. Hey, I'm Brennan Probst, I graduated in 2012. I graduated from the University of New Orleans in in 2019 with my MFA, and right now I'm making art. I am making multiple exposure photography and fine-tipped artist drawings. My website is www.brennanprobst.com.
2: Uh, my name is Asul Nogueron. I graduated from Monmouth in 2017, currently getting my MFA at Maryland Institute College of Art. And I am doing installation work about gender identity and and heritage. Currently, I'm a curator at Fulton Street Collective Gallery, and I do a lot of pop-up art shows for marginalized people. For example, I recently did a queer Chicago art show that was picked up by Chicago Tribune. And currently I'm doing a pop-up art show for Latinx artists called Revolución. So it meets revolution because we are small. Uh, My website is azulnogueron.weebly.com or azulnog on Instagram.
3: Uh, My name is Alex DuPont. I graduated from Monmouth in 2016 and then continued my education at Bradley University receiving my MFA in 2019. Currently I'm teaching at Illinois Central College while still pursuing my art on the side. You can find my art on my website which is alexandradupontstudio.com or on my my Instagram which is the same alexandradupontstudio Um, and from my Instagram there's links to other social media sites I use.
2: My name is Lily Guillen. I graduated from Monmouth College in 2018, and I'm currently a grad student um, at Wichita State University. We're hoping to get my MFA in 2021. Um, Right now my work is exploring domestic violence um, and how religious institutions have enabled domestic violence and um, I'm making a lot of mixed media work, working with a lot of unconventional materials such as matches, um, embroidery, uh, gold leaf and painting. You can find my art at liligianart@weebly.com or on Instagram lilybee.art.
0: Those are four outstanding young artists who recently graduated from Monmouth and they've either completed or are in the process of completing their master's degree in fine arts. To read more about their exhibit check out the news section of the Monmouth College website And that address is monmouthcollege.edu slash news. Monmouth's outstanding Lux Summer Theological Institute for Youth recently received some very good news. The institute learned that it had received a grant from Lilly Endowment Incorporated. The sustainability grant of more than $225,000 will help the national summer program become self-sufficient over the next five years. During its first three years of service, the Luck Summer Theological Institute for Youth has attracted more than three dozen high school students from around the nation to Mammoth College. During their two weeks on campus in the summer, the community-building experience gives high school students an opportunity to study theology and scripture in light of a social justice issue, such as food security, environmentalism, or sustainability. Monmouth College chaplain Terry Ott says that the Lux Summer Theological Institute for Youth, which is capped at 22 students every summer, is attracting a strong quality of high school students.
3: Over the course of the three years, as the program, the institute's becoming more well-known amongst churches that send their young people, um, uh, actually, the we've had to get more selective in who, who are the students that we accept, and so, um, so each, as each year goes along, the student groups that are forming at the Summer Institute are just getting to, better and better. Um, it makes it really hard to make a decision on the applications that come in, but, but we really focus on um, the 22 students with their faculty and their staff, and we have college students walk them through the program forming um, a real cohesive community. And so it's that community bond that has really shaped this program really well because they're, um, they're living together and learning together and for two whole weeks, which is, which is a unique emphasis of this program.
0: Also during their two weeks at the college, Lux Institute students work at the college's educational garden and market farm. They take field trips to area businesses that are part of the food economy, and they also take part in community service projects at local nonprofit agencies that focused on food security. Terry runs the Institute with Associate Chaplain Jessica Hawkins andaro and Associate Professor Dan Ott. Students' cost to attend the two-week Institute is but $300, and churches who send their high school students to the Institute are among its biggest advocates.
3: Churches telling us all the time about how excited they are when they're, after they send a student to the Lux Summer Institute and they return home. And those students are so excited um, to take on new leadership roles in their churches, to help their churches take on social justice initiatives around food security, sustainability. Uh, these young people are, are really leading the way when they get home and their, their churches just are very excited about that growth that they saw. Um, the summer institute helped them with, and um, just excited for the energy they bring home.
0: A big reason for the growth and success of the Lux Summer Theological Institute for Youth is because Terry and her colleagues have done a great job assessing its effectiveness.
3: It, with the original Lilly Grant, um, it was it was a really gift to give. It was a gift to get that original grant because it was a lot of money, and we really put. Um, quite a bit of it towards hiring outside consultants to come in to work with us get outside eyes on our program they come and visit the program during the summer and write us up a review um, run us through an assessment process and really help us learn every year like what how the program was going how it was received what impact it was having not only on the students but on their church communities um, on Mammoth College um, the student our college students that that participate as counselors on our faculty that participate so there was a, a lot of assessment that went into the first three years um, that we'll continue to do um, in the in the coming years but but the initial assessment work we did really helped us fine-tune the program for the future we really know how to run a good program a good institute um, it's just something I think Monmouth College can really be proud of because this is a, a amazing two-week summer institute with um, some of the very best high school students attending who really want to make a difference in the world. And we offer them a great experience, and, um, and we're just seeing great results.
0: That's Monmouth College chaplain Terri Ott. She oversees the outstanding Lux Summer for Theological Institute for Youth. You can read more about the Lux Institute's grant in the news section of the Monmouth College website, mammothcollege.edu slash news. And you can learn more about the Institute by pointing your browser to the address Lux.mammothcollege.edu. And that's going to be a 30 for this 10th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2019-20 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day.